Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. Today, we are going to be talking about the Flames losing streak and previewing the game against the red-hot Boston Bruins. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Thank you so much for joining me today, wherever you're tuning in from. If you are new here, hi, hello, welcome. My name's Jess Belmosto, and I'm here with my fantastic co-host, Nick Zararis. And uh, you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, on YouTube as well. Nick, how are you feeling today? Uh, I went to the Flames game last night. I saw firsthand kind of the futility that we're all kind of dealing with right now. And I'm very tired, to be honest with you, Jess. I am exhausted. But I'm very glad we're we're doing our episode today. We're, we're going to have yeah. some fun. Yeah, you know, when I found out you were going to the game, I was like, wow, what a perfect time to snag you for an episode and, you know, Right in between the Devils and the Bruins, I feel like, you know, you can recount firsthand what you saw. And even though, you know, you do root for the Flames, I feel like you can still watch a game with that subjective eye. And six games. Six games. (laughs) It's funny. Daryl is getting me through this because he's getting more and more impatient with every passing day. And the quotes are just hysterical at this point. I, I, I know it is killing that man that they can't put the puck in the net. And that's really the big issue. They're really having a hard time scoring right now. And it's going to stay that way until the dam breaks. I, that's usually how it goes when your team's in a dry spell, where until they get a game where they put six or seven in past a bad goalie, it's going to feel impossible to score some most nights. Yeah. And, you know, like I'm looking at these scores right now and uh, there's only been really two recent games that have been like Daryl Sutter hockey scores. Uh, Both were three, two losses to the Oilers and the Devils. I feel like one goal hockey games are usually um, not great. And, but that's Daryl Sutter hockey. And Usually, you like to be on the other side of that. But Jonathan Huberto had had a quote-unquote concerningly slow start to the season. And I, I wasn't that worried because he had started slow last year and I think even the year before. Uh, but turns out he's battling an upper body injury. Does it... Is it starting to make a little sense why he's not um, passing as often as he should or scoring, maybe? It's complicated. There's a lot of things to unpack. And the important thing you got to understand when we talk about performance is it's very, very context dependent. Nothing happens for exactly one reason. Like, yes, playing with an upper body injury, part of the struggle getting acclimated to a new team, playing a different system, getting new line mates, all of these compounding issues together make it a lot more frustrating and seem a lot more daunting. But when you unpack it level by level and you get a little bit better of understanding, 
knowing he's playing with an upper body injury, that's going to explain a little bit more and why he hasn't looked as comfortable. Hockey's very much a feel game. When you get dropped into a new environment, it takes you a little while to get a feel for how you need to play with your new line mates. When you're an elite player like Huberto is, you you have an established baseline kind of of what you're used to your line mates giving you so you can make them better. Now, playing with new line mates in a new city, in a new system, you're dealing with a lot of new newness all at once, and it's really made things difficult to start. There's no denying at this point that it's definitely frustrating that he's not playing at 100%, and maybe, you know, take a day. I, I know we're, we're, hockey culture is very much not in the whole wellness thing, but, you know, Take a day. If you're really that hurt where it's impacting your plate, take a day. See if it feels better after a day. I, I know that's kind of a cliche, obvious thing to say, but, you know, listen to your body if you're hurting. Uh, trying to play through something and not being your full self, that's not helping your team either. Right. That, that's a conversation that I think a lot of people have during the playoffs, too, is yeah. when does this become – not less about you but you're playing hurt for how long and then that is impacting the team and it it's november it's still technically i guess the first second week in november here so we don't need to start panicking and you know busting out the tank for bedard shirts or anything like that it's again american thanksgiving then even then you know, I feel like the St. Louis Blues were in last place at, I think, around New Year's in 2019. Yeah. And they went on to win the Stanley Cup. Like, this team will get hot and have everything firing when it needs to fire. And I don't think it's time to truly start worrying. Oh, no, definitely not. And the stat is, I think it's like 70%, 80% of the teams at American Thanksgiving that make the playoffs. 30% of them don't. I mean, last year, the Red Wings were in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving. The Ducks were in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving. It... I'm not worried yet, but you can see the cause for concern. And the the thing that's frustrating is there's not really any obvious fixes other than just saying to play better, because that's really all it is. There's no cap space (laughs) to add new guys in here. There's no obvious clear cut. Oh, just put this player with that player. You just got to play better. You got to put the puck in the net. Uh, And hockey can feel very frustrating with that, where it feels like the puck is never going to go in. And that's kind of where the Flames are right now, where three, four goals is kind of the ceiling from this offense right now. And that's it's hard to win. Today's NFL, NFL, today's NHL is scoring based. Same. It's true in football, too. Offense wins now. So if you're not going to be consistently pounding four or five goal nights, you're going to have a hard time winning a lot of games, even if you make them low event like we know the Flames want to do. Right. And, you know, I think this team is also still trying to, you know, reacclimate themselves without their two top yeah. players. <laughs> Let's not forget that they lost Gaudreau and Kachuk, and those two were a dynamic duo when it came to scoring and in front of the net presence, behind the net presence, like everything that you know, there was, I forget which game it was, but there was a moment where I was like, Gaudreau would have had that. Like, and I was like, we keep, but I can't live like that. None of us can live like that. But does anything from last night's performance stand out to you? Other Um, than them blowing 
the one goal lead like three times. Uh, the Flames are kind of slow. Like it, the Devils are a very fast team. They play at the fastest tempo in the league in terms of chances created per sixty, which is the tangible way you can track how fast the team plays because they're constantly going up and down. And Calgary just looked a little slow. I'll be honest with you. Uh, the back ends they're kind of well dinged up back there too. And O'Hanifin has missed time here and there. You still have no Chillington. You're a little shorthanded on the back end, and they're kind of. Daryl had the quote the other day about how nobody had really earns that sixth or seventh defenseman spot in training camp and they're just kind of stuck with what they've got right now and they look slow against a fast team it's going to accumulate over time yeah it is and you know while we say it's only november these 12 points that they have missed out on could really make a difference when it comes down to march and april so we will have to see what lies ahead and we're going to talk about <laughs> this next matchup against the Bruins in Boston and why I think that this is going to potentially not be a turning point, but maybe this is kind of the wake-up call that they they might need. But first, let me tell you about our next partner. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I love AG1 because I... I have hot girl stomach issues and AG1 just helps me alleviate those stomach issues, helps boost my immune system as well, especially as we march on through flu season. What is in this stuff, you might be asking? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right just one scoop in your water or I mean I prefer it with water you could probably put it in like a Gatorade or something but I think it tastes better with water and I like I said I use it to help my stomach it's never a fun time here when it comes to that um and we ended up getting a great um PR package when we started uh, integrating AG1 into the network and I have given some of the vitamin C or uh, sorry vitamin D packs to some of my family members just so you know we don't want to miss any more time with them this season and of course just take care of yourselves and head on over to a uh sorry athleticgreens.com and you can score a great deal here. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership of your health today. All right. You know, everyone in here they always say, oh, she doesn't like the Flames. She's a Bruins fan. Do you know how many Bruins games I watched last season? How many, like, Jess? Not many. <laughs> not many. Because I was so excited to be watching the Flames have a historic season. But now, <laughs> I'm in bed. <laughs> Sometimes the Flames are just killing me. But... My God, this East Coast road trip is wonderful for my sleep schedule. Uh, 
hasn't been too great for the Bruins. I mean, for, sorry for the Flames. Sorry, Freudian slip there. But looking at these two teams, what is the biggest difference that you're seeing? So, like, just what jumps off the paper at you? Um, the Bruins put the puck in the net a lot. They are one of the best offenses in the entire league. Their power play is one of the best, if not the best, in the entire league at the moment. Elite defensively, elite penalty kill. And even though they haven't had Jeremy Schwaben for about a couple weeks now, Olmark's been one of the best goalies in the league too. Uh, the Bruins have always been like this. They'll, they're good for a 9-10 game heater. Pretty much every single season they've had this core, but even now with a different coach playing a little bit more of an open-ended style where the defensemen are incorporated more in the offensive zone and what they do, and they still don't have McAvoy back. And McAvoy's, you know, one of like the five best players, ten best players in the entire sport. So you're going to drop that a guy of that caliber into this team and really quickly, you understands the 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 allure of what one last run with this group would look like for the Bruins but the one thing I would say about in terms of the Flames in relation to that this is going to be a challenge the Bruins are absolutely humming they dumpstered the Rangers last week in New York and that was a game that looked relatively close for most of the game and then in the third period the Bruins kind of just leaned forward in their chair a little bit We're like all right we'll win this game now yeah I saw that McAvoy was in at practice today practicing with his uh you know obviously his defensive pair partner there and he's he's playing tomorrow he is making his season debut against the Calgary Flames and that's a problem (laughs) (laughs) that is a problem for the Flames it's great for the Bruins great for you know their hopeful continued success here. They're currently 11-2-0, and and I am just with a 23-goal differential, by the way. So that I believe that that's the highest in the league. Um, That's what it's looking like. And it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a real problem for the Flames if they don't find that speed, if they don't find the ability to just kick it up get some sort of fire going underneath them and go like there's no urgency with this team and it is so frustrating to watch oh no you can definitely make that argument based on how they've lost some of these games where they've had leads late multi-goal leads late and still found ways to lose which is kind of uncharacteristic of the way the flames have typically played where in years past when the flames would get a lead that's when they would bury you because you they would forecheck you into oblivion you wouldn't yep. be able to get out of your own zone you would make a mistake you would turn the puck over and they would put it in your net and you would be going back to the bench frustrated Right now, they're struggling to get the puck out of their own end to get to offense, and they're not doing anything when they are on offense. And against a team like the Bruins that is going to be playing an up-tempo style that's going to have their high-end players making really special plays against a Calgary defense that hasn't been great to start the year, I think, other than the puck not going in, just the kind of clunkiness on that back end is something to be concerned about. I I know they're still trying to figure out exactly who needs to play with who, and you still have to figure out Uyghur, what you're going to do with him, what exactly role you envision with Uyghur, but 
in terms of this game specifically, the Bruins do a really good job of going from defense to offense fast and then getting into the zone with speed and letting a Pasternak or a Marshawn make a really high-level play with speed. And the Flames' defense is slow. Just They're slow. They play a, a lap style in the neutral zone to make up for that lack of foot speed. But a lot of the time, that just results in a faster guy going around them as opposed to slowing them down. And the one thing that has caused them to lose a lot of these games is unfortunately the turnovers they're looking like a bakery out there just serving turnovers left and right and you know to have a 3-1 lead against the islanders and then blowing it that that's not good the islanders you know they they're the fourth best team in the league right now so obviously like you expect some sort of um strong game from them but you could have snatched that confidence away and I think that you know just based on how these two teams play you're not going into tomorrow saying okay the last time we were here we won for we shut them out for nothing let's do it again you're not doing that Mangiapane took steps last night in New Jersey, but is he going to be able to start scoring again? Is there, what, what is preventing them from taking these high quality chances versus, oh, let's just shoot the puck from wherever and just hope it lands. So to answer that question, this is a a problem a lot of teams run into where when you're chasing the game and you need to find a goal, you start settling for whatever chance you can get because you're trying to score desperately. So you're going to settle for lower quality chances. Mm -hmm. And the Flames are a... um, They're a volume scoring team. They need a lot of scoring chances to score because they lost two elite finishers. I mean, last year, and I was looking at these stats might be a little outdated because they're from last week, but the... They lost two guys who in Goudreau and um, Kachuk who were 15% shooters. So 15% of the shots they took went in. You replace that with Nas and with um, Huberto, who are both shooting about 9% right now. There's your goal. There's your difference between the Flames this year and last year. The two high-end guys on the team last year scoring 6% more of the time they shoot than the two guys they replace them with right now. And when you think about the Flames last year, they were a buzzsaw. They would score in bunches and it would be really difficult to mount a comeback against them because of the style they played with right now to your point it's very disjointed it's clunky and it just doesn't look right this is not the style of play you've come to assume of a Daryl Sutter team absolutely and you know I'm looking at uh just some of the stats right now and while Kadri has seven goals (laughs) Pasternak has eight Yes. And like that, it's one goal, but you have to look at like just the difference between, you know, like the Pasternak, Hall, and uh, Krejci line compared to what Kadri's working with. And it's just, it's almost frustrating. And of course, you know, there's always going to be a better line out there, unless, unless you're Connor McDavid's line. Like there's, Like, that's just not going – it doesn't get better than that. But in this situation, you know, the Flames have to play up a level, and it shouldn't be as hard as they're making it to be. It's like they're in their own heads, and I'm hoping that they do win tomorrow. Is it a 
shot in the dark, sure. You're probably better off winning the lottery or something. like. But they need something to... They need to come away with a win either against the the Bruins or whoever they play next. I was just looking at their schedule. Um, the Jets. Is Connor Hellebuck the goalie that he once was? No. They need to run into a goalie who is just having an off day. Barry, five or six. Oh, my God. The monkey's off their back. They have confidence, and they have what it takes to turn the page. They got to find the confidence. That's the biggest difference in a lot of these games. This is the best hockey league in the world. Everybody is really talented out there. In most games, the difference is going to come down to a couple of mistakes, who makes those mistakes, and a lot of those are tied to confidence. You'll notice the defenseman who's made a mistake already be a little bit more jumpy and skittish with the puck. Those little things, you, when you watch a team on a daily basis, you get a good understanding of where guys are confidence-wise, and right now the Flames aren't playing with a ton of it. No, absolutely. And this is – I I don't think that – I w- at least I would like to think – This is a situation where it's just them. It's not a matter of coaching because they have a very overqualified coach behind the bench right now compared to, you know, Jeff Ward, Bill Peters, and coaches of the past. But this needs to get sorted out. And they need to figure it out fast before, you know, if this is what the team looks like at the, you know, this time next month, we might have bigger issues, and yeah. I I don't think anyone really planned for this, and that's okay, because the unexpected is kind of fun, and it makes for great content, but miserable hockey viewing. Yes, yeah, no, that's the thing. Uh, a month from now, if they're still kind of mired in this funk, then you, you start thinking about, okay, well, we, we just tied our future of our team up in these four guys and gave them all contracts. So we got to figure this out. There is no, you know, oh, you can't get rid of any of these expensive people. They make too much. No one has cap space to take on good, anyone good. And the Flames expect to be good. They don't give out those contracts and don't go for tangible players as opposed to future assets if they don't think they could win. They felt putting this team together that they would be a Stanley Cup contender. They came into the year with, I want to say the fifth, the sixth best odds in the whole league to win the Cup. So that they're going to need an inciting moment of some kind, whether that's a getting your doors blown off like seven, nothing and having one of those epic throwing things in the locker room type th- nights, or if they get a big comeback win, if they come find a way to win a game, they shouldn't, that can be a galvanizing force. If they can get a hot, go- if they can get Markstrom going, at least then they have something to build off of. That's the biggest thing right now. They have to find something they can tangibly use going forward. Where even if you don't win against Boston, you got to do good things to improve your process to improve your mental state because if you keep losing all of these games you keep losing leads late that wears on you 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 it it will it i don't want to say it derails a season to have multiple losses like that but you keep losing game finding ways to lose games it can derail your season absolutely and i think that that is kind of where this team might be steering the train but we aren't gonna get too ahead of ourselves And coming up next, we are going to wrap up the show maybe with some predictions. I think I usually have some sort of reverse jinx going, and I know jinxes aren't real, but 
whatever. Who cares? Boy, oh boy. This this is the game that I look forward to. Usually because I get to go to it, but not this year. And that's fine. Because you know what? You know, I'd have fun either way, but I, I really don't want to spend $16 on beers and be absolutely hammered watching the flames get their doors blown off like you just said i don't want to i don't want to pay for that i I just i don't it's not oh no i'm not okay with that (laughs) i mean there's a reason i haven't been to a ranger game at the garden yet this year it's too expensive i went to the one game against the islanders and that was only because someone was nice enough to ask if i wanted to go other than that i wouldn't have gone to a ranger game yet this year granted i've been to like four devils games but those are you know ten dollars they practically give tickets over <laughs> they literally did the devils literally gave away tickets to the game tomorrow on twitter because they 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 do a promotion where the um the owner not the owner the president of the prudential center the arena gives away tickets to his box every couple weeks and they did it last night and they won the game so they doubled it up and offered twice as many seats in the box for the game tomorrow well that's nice i guess that's it's a happy. good gesture it's yeah. a good gesture it's a good way to get, you know, people in the seats and whatnot. Yeah. But thankfully, the Flames haven't had to resort to that. I think pretty much every game this season so far has been a sellout or just about close to it. What on earth? Number one, the Bruins, I they had they brought in bad juju. Go listen to Locked on Bruins because I don't have enough time to rehash that. We'd be here for three hours and... I don't have that kind of time, but I was kind of hoping that 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 they would kind of protest their season in a way and be like, we don't want to play. We don't want to win. And just kind of like have this moment where they would slip. They'd slip up. They, they lost one game and then got right back on track. Can they lose tomorrow? Um... I'm assuming it'll be Olmark because they were off today, so you don't have to worry about going to your third organizational goalie, which the Bruins are on as a backup. Um, the Bruins are very cl- – they're they're clicking right now. Everything they do looks very easy. When you have high-end players throughout your lineup, bringing Krejci back, massive difference in that second line, especially because they've kind of been like, – last year they were kind of stuck where Charlie Coyle was cut their next center organizationally depth-wise. He's not a second line center in today's NHL. He, he's a good player. He's a, he's a solid depth guy. If he's your third center, you're in okay shape. But to be your two, that's a little bit daunting. And then they kind of, when you think about the way they've played so far this year, that first line is absolutely clicking. And then putting Pasta, putting Pasta on the second line to kind of distribute the scoring and mitigate the problems they've had in years past, where if only Bergeron, Pasta, and um. Marshawn, yeah, on Marshawn, they're scoring. No one else is. Now they've kind of alleviated that. They have scoring from two lines. The defense, the third and fourth line are moderately pretty good in terms of chances for and against, which is really all you need in the occasional occasional depth scoring. I mean, I know DeBrusque had a goal the other night. They yeah. finally seem to have gotten him going right. And McAvoy probably back tomorrow too, which is just, you know, icing on the cake for a difficult, for what was already a difficult game. I mean, the Bruins are humming without one of the best defensemen in the entire sport. You drop him in there and you get Lindholm and him and Lindholm on the same page clicking like they were before Lindholm got hurt last year. That's a really good defensive pair. That's a really strong pair. And it makes everybody else better because you get to slide everybody down a so- one spot in your lineup. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think that this is going to be a challenge for the Flames. I think what they should do is obviously score more goals. That's, that is that um, is obviously key to winning a hockey game. But they need to look at themselves and say, we're obviously a different team than we were last year. We have a ton of roster changing, or changes rather, but we are a stronger, deeper team. And we need to find it within us to find the back of the net. To not be sloppy with how we're carrying the puck. Do not, do not generate these silly little turnovers in the neutral zone that are just going to cost you the game. If you can limit the turnovers, and I am confident that this will not be, they, they won't be slaughtered. They won't be slaughtered. But I do think that this is going to be a tough game to win. Um, I think that they should leave the Bruins a present by leaving Lucic and his contract in the locker room and say, oh my gosh, like you, you, you're welcome. Thank you for hosting us. And hopefully just, you know, leave that dead weight behind. But um, I, I don't know. I think my score prediction is five, two, five, three Bruins. I'll say, I'll probably say four, two Bruins. The big thing I want to touch on with this is you can lose and still play well in a game right oh, now. 100%. The flames right now, the flames aren't playing particularly well and losing. So even if they do go and lose against the Bruins, it's important you get going in the right direction. Even if you do lose, you gotta get, you gotta put a slide on, you gotta put a stop to the slide. The the mistakes, that is something that is preventable. The turnovers, that is something you can correct. You can change without having to do anything drastic. It's mental right now. And if they're going to turn this around, it starts with the little things. Hockey is a very complicated sport. There are a lot of things that happen during the course of the game. Mm-hmm. You got to keep adding up small victories here and there. You got a clean zone exit. Great. Get the puck in deep. Go get it back. Win it back. That's another win. You got to win every shift when you're in a str- when you're struggling like this, when you're in a slump. You got to think of it one shift at a time until it starts going your way. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think – one of the big things that they did fix uh, was the penalties, at least at least the silly ones, like from yes. Trevor Lewis with, with his high sticking and just playing silly, sloppy hockey that would allow this team to be a man down. And you don't you don't want that. You like in what world? Like imagine you're at work, like your day job, right? And you're down a team member. That's extra work for you, not just for two minutes, but for eight hours. And that that's kind of, you know, if you have to kind of, if you need a little help uh, figuring out why being on the PK is bad, that's why. Do You, you never want to be short-staffed. You don't want to go somewhere where they're short-staffed and it takes forever for your food. So don't be short-staffed on the ice. I... I'm going to say that Mangiapane is going to to at least score tomorrow. I think that he's going to have a good game. I think that he is – I don't know what it is. Is it just because it's November and he's playing with new guys, whatever the case may be? But I want to see him get going. I want to see the Mangiapane that we saw last season around this time last year. 
Yeah, no. I, last year, the game against the Devils, he scored two goals in the first period, and my friend drunkenly bought his jersey on the store. <laughs> that, that, he he goes, that guy's name is Manjapani. Yeah, that, you know that means eat bread, right? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and and he wore it last night. Manjapani was cooking. He was cooking last year, and they got to get him going. He's a volume player. He's gonna. He's not. He's not a great finisher, but you give him enough chances around the net, eventually he's gonna put one in. Hundred percent. Who would you name as like your player to watch? Um, they got to get the back end going. So I would say one of the defensemen. I'll say Hannafin because I enjoy watching Hannafin play. They got to clean up the back ends. If they can get that right, at least you're not already. You're not behind the eight ball from the jump if you're cleaned up you clean up the little things the turnovers and the end zone stuff that's correctable that's the stuff you need to work on and you expect Hannafin to be that guy for you he's a very talented hockey player but they they gotta figure some tangible they gotta get progress that's all I'm asking for you don't need to go out and win little bit of progress clean passes crisp passes making one extra pass to get a better scoring chance as opposed to shooting from the top of the circle without a screen. You got to fight when you got to change it up when something's not working, you can't keep doing it or you're going to go insane. Like we kind of are right now. Yeah, seriously. Um, also, this is Noah Hannafin's return to his hometown. Yes. Um, I believe it's a contract year for him as well, or maybe not a contract year or he's coming up on one. So put on a good performance for the sake of the people spending their Thursday evening at TD Garden, but also us. For us, so we have us something yes. to, yeah, like selfishly us. Uh, but I think that'll do it for today's episode. Nick, do you have anything you want to add before we, we head out? Uh, go Flames, go. That'll do it for us here at Locked on Flames. As always, you can find the show wherever you get your podcasts, and we are free across all platforms and on YouTube as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and Nick at Nick Zararis. Can you spell your last name for me? <laughs> sure. Z-A-R-A-R-I-S. I, I was going to forget a vowel. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> but that will do it, and we will see you um, hopefully after the Flames win on, I guess, technically Friday morning. Yes. But, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. We'll see you later.